We gotta go to the bullpen. Welcome to the Highland Bullpen, the all-new podcast bringing America's pastime to Scotland shores. It doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer heading for Cooperstown or you're fresh out of the minor leagues, this is the podcast for you. Hello listeners and a warm welcome to this International Women's Day special edition of the Highland Bullpen. We're delighted to be joined on this International Women's Day by Joe Lenton and Molly Wilcox, who, along with Tracy Wilkes, make up the fantastic Birds with Balls podcast team. We're here tonight with Molly and Tracy from the excellent Birds with Balls podcast. This is the Bullpen Bros meet the Birds with Balls to talk baseball. First of all, thank you very much, Tracy and Molly, for joining us. And I wondered if you might maybe tell us a little bit about your your introduction to baseball. Go on, Molly, you can go first. Oh, okay. Um, So um, I'm Molly. I um, joined Bristol Baseball Club in 2019 after um, pigging out on chocolate in in the Christmas of 2018 and uh, stumbling across a little film um, called A League of Their Own. Um, started uh, kind of googling see if there was any uh, local clubs to me and then came across Bristol Baseball they were really local to me um, and I, I got involved originally just for fitness reasons but completely fell in love with the game um, fell in love with um, everything um, about about it um, the team was so welcoming and so inviting and yeah so I, I fell in love with it from there chose the Dodgers um as as my team of choice um hoping to get to sunny California one day um to to be able to go and see them and then yeah I've just kind of met so many wonderful people along the way and uh, that's kind of how we've ended up film forming birds with balls uh, so I they uh, train with Bristol Baseball Club and so does Joe, um Joe Lenton. She she joined Bristol last year. And then I met Tracy through the sort of MLB UK community and um doing some bits and bobs with them last year, which is always fun. Fantastic. And that Bristol Baseball Club, is that a club with a bit of history to it or was that quite a recent thing? So they were formed in 2008. Um, oh, you te- you're testing me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, have I read the re- website recently? Um they, they were formed in 2008, um, originally with just one team, Badgers, um, and then uh, they uh, formed the Bats, I think somewhere around 2010, 2012. Um, I'm probably going to get ripped for that, um, for not knowing that. But um, anyway, and then the Buccaneers were formed in 2019 um, because uh, they wanted a development team, um, and that was that was the team that I fell into. Um having never played baseball in my life and then um yeah and then last year we announced that we, we were also making the bobcats so we now have four teams um and there's around 50 members um it's quite a, a large club um to be a part of but yeah it's, it's awesome 
Fantastic. That sounds a really nice community of baseball fans there as, there as well, Molly. That sounds yeah, great. apart from they all hate the Dodgers, so that's really nice. <laughs> well, at least they're all united in something. It's eating your team. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, what position do you play then, Molly? I play second base at the moment. When we eventually get round to playing again, I will probably end up on second base, but um, I'd quite like to try third base. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm attempting, or as of last year, I was attempting pitching. I wasn't doing too bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, attempting being the, the operative word. Um, yeah, Casey seems sort of to find that quite funny that you would be pitching. Is there a reason? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. No, nothing. <laughs> My um my lockdown arm is probably not so good right now though, so I probably wouldn't class myself as a pitcher. We'll go second base. Fantastic. Thanks, Paul. To practice that indoors, isn't it? Mm. And and Tracy, your own journey into baseball. Um, well, I'm a Mets fan. I've been a Mets fan since uh 2006 after catching a game when I was on holiday, and I've been lucky enough to go back to New York every year since been on a couple of other trips to Philly and Baltimore as well um I don't play my knees won't let me <laughs> I, I I'm a bit old and decrepit for playing baseball so I just join in with like podcasts and things like that and support the community that way Fantastic. and when she's allowed she's going to come and be our biggest cheerleader aren't you Trace? oh yes <laughs> you've just blown Alan, Alan's dream and you know, he still thought he had a chance at a career he'll be there. Oh, oh bless. The yeah. <laughs> oh, you need knees. Oh, right. oh dear. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> and I managed to tear several cartilages in my knee last year, so there's no chance of that. Mate, got run over by a 4 by 4 10 years ago. You don't need <laughs> knees, it's fine, don't worry about it. Technicality, yeah. Technicalities, you don't yeah. need them. But minor no. details, minor details. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, one fantastic contribution that Molly and Tracy are making to the baseball community in the UK is the Birds with Balls podcast, which we'd heartily recommend people to give a listen to. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? It was Joe. Yes. <laughs> it was all Joe. Yeah, um, I, I think in lockdown. And, yeah. yeah. I know Joe because we host uh, the UK Mets online podcast together. Um, and she sort of grabbed me, grabbed Molly in a WhatsApp group. She's like, right, girls, we're starting a podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he just kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's a bit of a, a force, is our Joe. <laughs> Yeah. And then it was a case of uh, trying to pick a name, and you can imagine that was quite a comic conversation to have. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good conversation to be involved with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I picked the winner. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, we credit Tracy with that. Yes. Well um, I just thought it was an amusing pun, <laughs> so we went with that. Um, and we try and record every week. Um and we have sort of different topics for each recording. We did a baseball controversies podcast quite recently. Um, that went down quite well with our followers on, on Twitter. And we've done that. And we talk about women in sports and big up women in sports, basically. Absolutely. And that's a, a fantastic listen. Do you guys have a favourite episode from those you've done so far? I think it has to be the controversies, right? 
Yes. Yeah. We, <laughs> Controversy is um, part one, I think, for me. Yeah. Talking of the the spreadsheets, uh, Tracy's love of spreadsheets. We um we had so many responses to to a tweet asking for controversial baseball opinions that suddenly a spreadsheet appeared, and we were like, okay, all right, well, we're going to work off of this then. Um, and we had so many to work through. We had so so many replies. It was it was great. Um, and there there are definitely some controversial baseball opinions out there. Um, yeah, it's it's very divisive for some people. Yeah. Some of them we had to be quite careful about, um, and some of them we had to really educate ourselves before we spoke about them, um, just because we didn't want to kind of speak out of turn. But um, yeah, so it's, it's been a bit of an education. Just um, some of the rule changes that were brought in uh, last season, so I like the. It, guy on second base and extra earnings and it was like more about the uh pd scandal and um hall of fame and how they tied in and just oh. trying to dance around that and not go too far yeah, across I, the line i haven't uh, caught up with that one yet actually so that, that's on part two i believe isn't it molly um yeah it's somewhere in there now <laughs> i don't know we're so many episodes in it's they've all started to merge together i don't know <laughs> but we we just get together have a few drinks and have a laugh and editing's always fun because we forget halfway through that we're actually meant to be recording and having a conversation that makes sense to other people and is not just us rambling on yeah <laughs> Well, you've certainly you've certainly done a good job, good job of that to date. And as a team, do you guys and, and Joe get on well? Do you ever have differences of opinions? No, really. we're, we're pretty um, uniform in in what we have to say about women's sports and things. And um, Joe brings a really unique perspective. She's been involved in women's football um, her whole life, um, up to quite a high level. Um, I understand it. Um, mm-hmm. She. Um, yeah, she's like I said, she's played, I think, semi professionally, professionally. Um, I'm not 100% sure. She's quite elusive, um, <laughs> <laughs> is our Joe. But, um, but, she, but yeah, so she brings a really unique perspective in, in, in that way. Um, I bring a perspective of somebody who's relatively new to all of this and, and sees it as a sort of, um, you know, progressive thing. Um, and, and again, and now's the point where she calls me old. <laughs> no, no, not um, and, and again, like Tracy's not necessarily been in, in uh, involved in loads of sports. She knows a lot about baseball, but, she, but not necessarily about a, a load of sports. So we're all learning as we go along and we've, we've all got, um, you know, we've all got similar views as to how, um, <laughs> women shape sports, but, um, yeah, we're all learning as we go along, which is, is kind of fun. No, that's fantastic. And I think certainly from our point of view, we can kind of sympathise and with that experience because we've been learning as we go along. We come from kind of different places and stages as well. And I think Yorkshire Dave, that's been kind of our journey as well, hasn't it? A bit of a journey of discovery. Yeah, well, actually, you guys have rekindled my interest in baseball because I started off my first trip to um, Boston and the first trip to America at all in 93 I think it was and took in a game there and that's where my interest came from but and then there was, there was some good coverage in the 90s on TV channel 5 yes really yeah Johnny Gould and Todd yes Martin. do you do you follow them on Twitter you know I haven't really got back into uh sort of doing that but I quite liked their program it was it was really really good got me hooked on it and then 
in the early 2000s. I don't know what happened. I just sort of um, stopped really watching it. You, you really need to invest quite a lot of time in baseball. I think I think you said that they play every day and it can take three or four hours. <laughs> and it's at unusual times for us. You've got to... Yeah. Try supporting a West Coast team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's even worse. I was lucky to be unemployed for the World Series last year because I would not have made it to work any day. <laughs> like I was hanging. <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely a problem, isn't it? You know, uh, not if you follow the Marinals, it's not a problem worrying about the World Series anyway. Dude. <laughs> well, 2015 um, postseason, me and my husband, we booked time off work specifically to watch the Mets in the postseason because we we knew we'd have to get up at like two in the morning. He sorted the coffee, I sorted the snacks and we met on the sofa. It's <laughs> <laughs> teamwork. It is, it is. You, you've got to when you're both sort of half asleep and the dog's looking at you like, what the hell are you doing up at this time? <laughs> and And you're scaring the hell out of him, like cheering when things happen or not. And yeah, it, it it makes for interesting times. And like I say, that's why we book time off. Fantastic. Alan, I think you were wanting to come in. Yeah, no, just wondering, you you were talking there, guys, about um, discussing women in sport. Um, uh, really just interested in part of what you're hoping to achieve with the podcast in uh, highlighting that both as spectators and promoting w- women across sports, and we've we've seen at the NFL at the weekend, women's coaches involved, women, uh, women referee. Um, we're seeing more of it in in the MLB. So I think that's one of the things that's great about your podcast. But is that was it a conscious decision to to come on and talk about that, or is it quite a natural um, consequence? A bit of both, I think. Um, it started off like let's let's see what we can find out there and it it educated us as well in the roles that women are taking now in sports and how much more they're doing in sports now and i think what we're hoping to achieve is basically be cheerleaders for all the fantastic women in sports yep. and going out there and point like I say it's educating us and we're just pointing people in the right direction so they know that there are so many fantastic women in sports and I can't do sports anymore so I might as well be a cheerleader for somebody else yeah it was also a case of um we wanted to talk about other sports because uh believe it or not if we tried to just talk about women in MLP we'd <laughs> relatively quickly. Um, yeah. It'd be a very short conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we called ourselves birds with balls so that it wasn't baseball specific. Um yeah. because um most sports have balls. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think from my own experience, uh I think a couple of things it was two years ago, coming up for three years ago, and now with the, the Solheim Cup uh, and I and I were away at Glen Eagles, which it's fantastic entertainment, and it, it's it's one of those things. As a sports fan, I just wanted to be there because it was an international event. But it it is strange that when the Ryder Cup was in Scotland, you had to fight hard to get tickets. But for the Solheim Cup, um, it, you could just pick them up fairly easily. Uh, so as a as a you're, you're watching the best women golfers in the world, um, 
I'll I'll go and watch the Rangers women's football team along the road. They play at the training camp. That's just a couple of miles from my house as well. So I I just want to go and watch football. And when I other than if I'm with these guys, if I go on a on a random football trip in Scotland, I'm usually going with my daughter. So she's 24 now, and she's probably been to over half the grounds in Scotland, which is something I'm quite proud of. That's pretty <laughs> and, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, she's um, she's been on the journey there with me. But it, it's interesting because you'd like to think, but when you go, um, I suppose that's one of the things that concerns us. Uh, is there something that middle-aged guys like ourselves should be more conscious of or more aware of or, or behave differently in a certain way? Because you must see all sorts of um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. behaviours. So yes. it's t- t- tell us what we can do better, what we can promote for starters, um, maybe don't send inappropriate pictures to journalists. <laughs> um, that helps. Um, <laughs> and no, just just um, doing what you do, like going along to to women's sports just as as freely as you do men's. Um, you know, kind of. Um, it sounds silly, but like tell it. Like it needs more than just. Um, one audience to be telling the BBC that they want to see the the yeah. women's Six Nations, or do you know what I mean? Like, and and yeah. it's um it's just things like that, you know. Like um it, that that sounds like such a big feat to you know for for men to have to tell the BBC that they want to see the women's Six Nations, but actually um you know if 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 more than just one audience is speaking out about it, then um. And then BBC have to listen, you know. There's things like that. Um, that's just one example. Um, but like you say, um, just yeah, going along to to women's sports, championing women's sports, um, and I, I think that's 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 what men can do. And and also um, speaking out against the people who who aren't so great. Um, so um, a lot of when these things happen. Um, you know, uh, the thing that happened with the Mets a couple of weeks ago. Um, It's really inappropriate behaviour, but then it just sometimes can then seem like, or women can get accused of then just sounding like they're moaning because we're the only ones moaning. (laughs) Um, And we're the only ones going, that's really gross, that's really inappropriate. But if men were to sort of stand up and go, guys, like, and I did see it quite a bit this time around. I follow the right people on Twitter, I think, and um, I've cultivated my sort of following properly. Um, and I saw quite a lot of men going, that's really, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but it takes, it just takes more than women to say these things, I think, mm. um, historically. What was that situation, Molly? Just for those, anybody listening that, that um, wasn't aware of the Mets situation, what, what happened? Um, basically our now former general manager sent inappropriate pictures of certain parts of the male anatomy to a female journalist who was a young foreign female journalist um, who was new to MLB and basically my understanding is she thought if she spoke up at the time her career would be at risk um, I think the Mets did the right thing um, in firing him immediately. But equally, I don't think it should have happened in the first place. Um, in the 
press conference that happened with Sandy Alderson just afterwards. Uh, he was asked by a, another female member of the press corps, uh, were any women asked for their views on Jared Porter? He said, no. Why is that happening? <laughs> and um, Was that the hiring of Jared Porter? Yes, the hiring. Um, he he basically said that he was told by everyone he asked how fantastic Jared Porter was. And they were like, well, did you ask any women about Jared Porter? He was like, no. no. Ah, <laughs> problem. Um, yeah, and women then, need a seat at the table and that, it, that is what it comes down to. Like, Yeah. Um, that's why. And he was asked, well, why weren't they asked? He said, well, there, there was no women that are in higher a high enough position in the other clubs yeah. to go and speak to, which kind of says That it tells you what you yeah. need to know, yeah. It's also fairly damning on men, I guess, then as well, that nobody raised to, or perhaps the obvious questions. Um, yeah, the, the awkward questions need to be asked. It's not just a question of asking, is there anything that's going to come out that's going to embarrass us? Um, which which is asked at those kind of job interviews. Mm-hmm. But a bigger cross-section, particularly of women in this case, need to be asked for their opinions because although they weren't like a general manager or even a manager, there are plenty of women who have daily access to these guys in the press corps, in coaching staff, yeah. in things like that, and why weren't they asked? It seems a big omission to omit half the representatives of the human race. You know what I mean? That seems a fairly <laughs> yeah, clear gap. Yeah, and that's what we're, we're just trying. We're just three girls trying to, you know, bit by bit, um, you know, just just get that message across because it is such a huge task. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know achieve world peace with our podcast. <laughs> we're gonna I'd try. To. <laughs> we're gonna try, and I'd love to, but. You know that's 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 not what we're we're about. We're just about um, educating ourselves and educating other people, um, so that going forward these things um, don't have to crop up and these things don't have to happen, and women can have a seat at the table. Yeah, actually, something I used to kind of I used to for many years be a journalist and made my living with words. How much do words matter in this kind of circumstance? Because I was talking about Alan before, and I talked about sports where we define them as say people might say women's golf but it's just golf. It's just being played by women in this circumstance. <laughs> Other examples where some of the language that's maybe still considered acceptable isn't really right. Are there certain phrases that you hear that you think, actually, that's maybe part of the problem? We had a conversation about this earlier today. <laughs> we um, did. I, uh, like, put the world to rights on a phone call earlier. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, we had a, a conversation about this. And it's, um, you know, we were chatting about... Um, I, I personally don't take offence um, if I was to to take the role of a linesman. But Tracy sort of brought up that um, a linesman was not, is not... It's called a linesman because when they um, made the role, uh, maybe it, it, this is a potential reason, um, but when they made the role, they only thought that men were going to take that role. Um you know, so it's things yep. like that. It's just, um, and that seems really, you know, it's it's really small and it's it's quite fickle, really. Um, 
and like I said, I, I personally wouldn't take offense, um, to, to, to being called a something man, uh, uh, you know, in that, in that sense. Um, but it, but it's just things like that. It's, it's just, um, small changes that, that, you know, that we can make, um, to to be inclusive and to include women in, in and we did actually have a conversation similar to this in one of our early podcasts it's like why is it women's football versus mm. men's premiership football and stuff like that but, but it's not it's not called men this is that that was the thing yeah, wasn't it it, it was it's premier league football. football it's football and it's women's football yeah and then there's like and i think the nba have done a really good job they have the NBA and they have the WNBA. And yes, that is the, the national baseball or, oh God, basketball. Yeah, basketball for starters. So that'll be the National Basketball Association. Is that yeah. what it stands for? Yes. Sorry, I've lost my mind in the middle of that sentence. Um, <laughs> the, 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 that's the National Basketball Association and the Women's National Basketball Association. But... Um, I think they do a really good job of making things really um, impartial. They don't, their, their rules are really similar. They, um, they don't necessarily, um, you know, make too much of a difference between the two. Um, whereas it, like it, with football, although we've come on leaps and bounds, it does still seem to be. And I know that there's been a lot of chat around sort of pay and things like that recently as well. There just seems to be such a gap, a gap and a difference, doesn't there? And I think it's just, just, it's simple words like that. It's simple kind of phrases. It's, and... it's how things are marketed. Yeah. Going back yeah. to Moll's favourite subject. <laughs> favourite subject. It's important, isn't it, how sports are marketed. But I, I would say that there does seem to be more exposure in terms of women's football, as, as we're yeah. calling it, just for the purposes <laughs> of this conversation. Of course. Um, and, you know, it is getting good exposure. And uh, on main platforms such as BBC, I think they're probably, you know, one organisation that could be trusted to deal with it quite well. And they've certainly got absolutely presenters and pundits who are, you know, are not just commentating on the women's game, but they're actually commentating on the, you know, the, the, the game as a whole. Yeah. Which yeah, I and think it's a good thing. Although, as as you highlighted in one of your episodes, you know something bad came out of it um, quite recently, didn't they? Inevitably involving my team, Leeds United. But, <laughs> you know, again, that was that was marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just couldn't believe. And the next morning, when I woke up, I thought, you know, for once, Leeds United was getting good press and well liked, and. They certainly messed up there with that, um, you know, Karen Carney uh, uh, episode, who was a very good pundit, and you know, in in football terms, she's an absolute legend football, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. And bringing back to your earlier question about what middle-aged men can do, they can speak up against things like that, yeah. and be sort of the dissenting voice when there's lots of men going, oh, it's just some woman that's moaning or, oh, look at that 
her co-host expletive. Her, yeah, her her co-hosts and whatnot could have easily come to her defense um when the when you know keyboard warriors started doing their thing on Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, I was watching that uh, game and I was really I missed that comment. I don't know how, but that Jimmy Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was also on the program. And I was thinking that they were a really good matchup and yeah. it was a really good program. And then you could have knocked me over with a feather the next morning when I saw what had happened. And, you know, the, the comment that she made might have been slight, you know, mentioning that the COVID thing might have been not the, the best way to put it, but it was an entirely valid point she was making, which yeah, has been you- made consistently yeah. by other pundits and it was agreed with by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on the broadcast yeah and and you probably missed it because she said it in a professional manner she was doing her job she was just you know that and that's the thing isn't it she was yeah. she was doing her job and you know that that was a comment that could have that could have been said by anybody um and it just happened to be a woman yeah because it was said by her um Twitter went a little bit mental and she's she's had to well she's chosen to withdraw her account hadn't she which you know yeah. says such a shame and sadly there are women that are bullied off platforms like twitter because of stuff like that and let's not go there today tracy yeah let's <laughs> we know who that's segueing into right now and the dodgers well, latest sign-in is not my favorite subject okay well mm, yeah <laughs> um <laughs> And it, it's about sort of, to me anyway, it's about a traditional power dynamic, men being mm. sort of the powers that be. And men can use that force for good and more men need to do that. And yes, a lot of men are, but if there are more, more voices, they can be better heard. Yeah. And there's definitely been a shift. There is a shift. Um, I think we we definitely already feel it. And we've got um, quite a few male supporters and we we, we love our, our male supporters who come up and say, oh, I've got daughters and, and things yeah. like that. We've had quite a few um, messages saying I've got daughters and, that, and, you know, we like listening to your podcast and albeit slightly bleak type, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we absolutely love that. And, and there is definitely... Um, there is definitely, I think, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to bring this podcast like 20 years ago. You know, there is definitely a shift. Or in, even five years life. ago. Yeah, exactly. It, within, you know, um, a short span of time that there there has definitely been a shift and um, we're really grateful for it. But um, it just needs to carry on shifting that way. Um, it just needs Absolutely. to people need to carry on kind of speaking okay. out about these things and. Yeah. Maybe to, maybe to shift a bit faster as well, potentially, I'd, well, suggest, I'd suggest. We we would be fans of that shift, yes. <laughs> <laughs> one thing just I didn't one, Sorry, uh, no, just, just wondering, Richard, um, when, when you're saying there's been that shift that you perhaps couldn't have done this five, you know, I, I know the initial point was kind of 10, 20 years ago, but then you said even five years ago. Do you think there's been a positive shift in women? You know, not just men, not just the media, but do you think there's been a positive shift in women to feel that bit more confident, that that bit more positive that, do you know what, this is the right time, we are absolutely within our rights, let's talk about what we love, let's talk about what what we have a passion for, and do you think there's just been that, that's given you that 
uh, that oomph as well or definitely i think the media talk about um there being a third wave of feminism happening um in the last sort of uh, seven to eight years um that 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 started about seven or eight years ago um was this this third wave of feminism um and uh don't get me wrong I, i say feminism and a lot of people think that that takes it to the extremes and things like that but and what I mean by that is exactly what you're talking about. Um, women kind of going, actually, do you know what? I think I think we can do this. And I think, yeah, I think I can talk about the sport that I love. And I think, um, you know, we we, uh, we can we can do that and we can be strong enough to talk about that. And um, there, there's also been a shift um, within men who have seen that, I think, then, you know, that 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 shift started with women um but we had to dri- drag men along with us <laughs> because <laughs> it just wouldn't work otherwise you know um and i th- so i so i definitely think that that kind of that third wave if that's what you want to call it um has has definitely helped get us where we are yeah and for me it's about hearing more voices twitter especially for us um there are so many amazing female journalists that talk with such passion and knowledge about things that they love. And that's sort of made us think, well, hold on, we're quite passionate as well. We know stuff, but we're learning more stuff. So why can't we talk about it? Yeah, I found that interesting. I know you, you retweeted Katie Wyatt, if that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Probably retweeted her. And it was pretty shocking that she needed to stay say stuff like that but i i subscribe to the athletic which i think is some of the best sports journalism you'll get yeah um and the guy i read most of when katie got her job a women's correspondent footballer yeah i'll follow her and some of her writing's great because actually it, it talks about a lot of things in sport that just haven't been talked about before and we love sport not because we just want to go and see the game and see our team win. We, we love the experience of sport and all the different things that go with it. Uh, so when you actually then start hearing and reading different perspectives, that, that that's like one of those, you're talking about you're not going to change the world, but one of those small changes um, that you, you get a new type of journalism, which some of us will then read, understand, buy into, and then start just talking about um, in normal conversations instead of 442, whatever. Yeah, um, it doesn't have to be technical. We can talk about it in ways that everyone understands. For me, I fell in love with the atmosphere at Shea Stadium when I went mm. and then developed the knowledge around that. And you, you <laughs> some people like to get all caught up on statistics and they're great in the right time and right place, but it doesn't have to be all statistics you can talk about the stories the passion the moments that made you laugh that made you cry and everything in between yeah and I think that's what we do really well because we don't necessarily want to get bogged down in all the statistics and stuff I I don't know if you could tell already like completely (laughs) tie my tongue every time I try and speak about something technical (laughs) so it's just that it would make for absolute awful listening if I was just constantly trying to blurt my words out about 
statistics and all sorts so um no i think we i think we do a good job of of chatting about um things like that because um it needs to be heard that like actually i bloody love baseball and um i do know what i'm on about i know about my statistics and i know about um you know your era and your whip and all that rubbish but equally <laughs> i don't talk about it actively because i i to an extent um worry about uh and I get tongue-tied because I worry so much about cocking it up and then somebody coming for me going, well, actually, you messed that up and, you know, it's not that, that's not the right stat. And because yeah. it happens all the time. So I steer up clear of it because I just think, well, I can still convey how passionate I am about baseball without actually, like, whipping out all the stats and God knows what. what so. Like the whip. <laughs> like the whip. There you go. But baseball is an ideal sport because it's, you know, it has great stories and it's... Uh, and we've spoken about this before in terms of reporting. It's uh, it, it attracts good literature and good reporting, it it? a bit like cricket does as well. But it also, if you do like stats, it's uh, it is amazing. But yeah, it's there seems to be a new stat comes out every season, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah and with the changed rules and things like that and then they've got variations of things and yeah. you know um I, yeah i'm not a um i'm very much not a numbers person so when somebody goes oh yeah look at his stats and it's just like this table of numbers and yeah like, i think the basic things like batting average and yeah you know pitching average things like that yeah. those are sort of things that your average fan probably should have a bit of an idea about yeah but I don't know, <laughs> the slugging on yeah. base percentage and all the rest of it combined. And uh, yeah, that's for people who are probably running the baseball teams and yeah. using that to pick players. Yes, yeah, so a- Moneyball, the film Moneyball. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like that, isn't it? And I, I watched that film and was like, yeah, that, that guy's a genius. And that's it's why he enjoys that sport. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. What's our, what's our middle-aged men we've heard <laughs> about this before when that young guy is telling the, that group of scouts and coaches what he what should really be going on yeah. and they're from a different era and they're just not buying into this and these are pretty much the dinosaurs now <laughs> what's a better movie Molly uh, League of the Rowan or Moneyball What's my favourite movie, did you say? Out of those two, what's the better movie? Can we oh, mention A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. <laughs> I mean, come on, Tom Hanks alone. Like. <laughs> you can't argue that. <laughs> Tracy, do you have a favourite baseball movie or Ooh, anything? It's probably 42 for me. Love 42. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, for me... I come from a position of privilege as a white woman who's had rights since the day I was born that didn't have to worry about getting on the wrong bus or sitting in the wrong seat or whatever. And to know that that was in sort of my mum's sort of lifetime that's happened, that that to me is mental. Yeah. And that he broke the colour barrier and everything else and the adversity that he had to go through to get to that point is is mind blowing to me. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it was a really well portrayed film. 
Absolutely. No, 100%, 100%. Is there a a difference in how we do things on the other side of the Atlantic in terms of kind of championing and encouraging women in sport, or is it more to do with different sports do it better than others? So American sports, are they more inclusive further along that road than we are in Britain, or does it just depend what sport it is? I think... Go on, Joyce. I think it depends on the sport. Um, Like... um, WNBA, fantastic. Women's hockey, ice hockey, fantastic. NFL, mm, get in there. MLB, far too behind the times. Um, They're only getting their first female general manager this year. There's no uh, on-field female coaches in major leagues. I'd like to see that happen within my lifetime. We shall see. Um, uh, 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 Alyssa, she's not an on-field coach, though. I don't she's think a first base coach last week, uh, last year. She was female first base coach. Was she? Yeah, she did. A first, she did a um, a game or two where she was first base coach. But was that because the guy that had the job had COVID or something? I mean, probably, <laughs> but she still was on that field. Yeah, but. There is no reason why a woman cannot be in that role full time. Yeah, that shouldn't be an exception. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, But there was a story um, about a month ago. uh, I think it was an NBA game. And the uh, coach, who was a man, got booted out of the game. And his female sort of bench coach was put in charge of the game. And he was like, well... Afterwards, he was like, well, I didn't see it as a big thing. She's knowledgeable. She's played the game. She's fantastic. I thought everyone knew this. Yeah. and But the media were like, oh, but it's a woman. It's like when Kim Ang got, um, uh, yeah. you know, got, got the job at the Marlins. Um, and she, you know, She's- and somebody interviewed, um, I guess, the guy who put her in that position and, and said, and he said, well, yeah, she's more than qualified. Yeah. Why wouldn't she be there? And when you think of That's her career, she's had an amazing career, yeah. but it's all been sort of behind closed doors. And now she's, a, as a general manager of a team, and opening the door for so many more women, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, in the way that we... When, when they won three World Series in a row. Yeah. You know, so she's not come from nowhere, but I have to admit I didn't know all this until I looked it up after listening to your podcast so yeah they need to be more highly publicized and um, you know I think you've said yourself when it's not news that'll be the good thing because there's so many in the sport and I did notice a football game the other day a soccer game and it wasn't until halfway through the game that I realized one of the linesmen (laughs) assistant referees shall we say was a woman and nobody had mentioned it because no. that's not uncommon now no yeah it should just be the norm now yeah mm-hmm. yeah no and, and i think i think the way that we progress women um obviously um shout out to to doris um who runs um women's baseball uk she has worked her butt off to um to bring women's baseball to the uk and as a nationally recognized um thing um and and we're getting there um and i think in that sense we're now almost ahead of 
the US. We've we've almost overtaken the US. We have a national team, um, and they, I think they do, but they are all softball players. They they all come from softball. They're not baseball players. They're not dedicated baseball players. Don't get me wrong; they can play baseball. Like oh, I wouldn't want to face them. Not a chance. But the, but but they all come from softball. The the route for women is softball and softball only. Um, so I think we're, we uh, in the UK are um, are overtaking women in that sense. Uh, we're overtaking the, the US in that sense. Um, but I think the US have a very different way of doing things in terms of um, bringing baseball up through the ranks. Anyway, I don't think um, as a twenty three year old, I wouldn't have to been think able then. To... No, 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 yeah, well, yeah, because it's not my age now, but as a 23 year old, I wouldn't have been able to get involved in baseball in the U S. Um, I had a friend who was at Bristol baseball and he's, he was from Florida and he said, when I go home, I won't be able to play baseball. Cause it's just not, unless you've come up doing it through little league, through, um, you know, uh, throughout high school, throughout college, there's not really any like recreational baseball. So I think it is very different and it's very hard to tell like, if we are more progressive than them in that sense because of the way that 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 kind of system goes but um but i i think we're getting there and i think we are and i think women's baseball uk have done an absolute ace job of of um getting a women's team nationally recognized and um things like that so um yeah and i think the fact that you can play any one of us could go to our local club right now and and play baseball despite Tracy's knees you know (laughs) (laughs) could rock up at Sheffield you know when all of this is over and and they would accept her with open arms and you can play baseball at whatever age in this this country and I think that's that's more progressive than them in the first place so yeah and I've actually been in touch with the lovely Kelly that runs the Bruins in Sheffield and I said look I can't play but what else can I do? She's like, right, I've got jobs for you. <laughs> do you want to come and do media and admin and and you can be involved in whatever way you want to be? And she just give me a list of jobs to pick from. Yeah, and I don't think you could do that in the US. So I think I think it is probably a bit more. I mean, I might be completely wrong. And if you've got any US listeners, I'm sorry if I've got that completely wrong. No, I I think you're right in that it does have to go through or through the collegiate system and then into minor leagues and things like that. Yes, there are sort of there are no informal women in that in that in that system no. either. So, no, yeah. because a lot of them come, like you say, from softball, from the fast pitch softball, and they happen to play baseball rules when it suits them, yeah. maybe, or suits the system that's in place rather. Yeah. And there isn't a system in place that allows them to play baseball at any professional level. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just change tack a wee bit, if, if we could as well, guys. Um, something Tracy touched on earlier. I mean, the, the four of us, uh, we, we 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 travel and watch different sport and uh, see all sorts, try and see all sorts of different things. Do you, you were talking about the different atmosphere and taking in the whole experience. Do you want to maybe talk through your best sporting or baseball experience, Tracy, when you've actually been at, at well, a game? We could be here a while. Oh, for <laughs> me, it would be... The Wilma Flores no crying in baseball game. For those that don't know, in 2015, Wilma Flores was told that he was being traded from the Mets 
I was at Cityfield at the time and he'd grown up in the Mets system. Um, he All he'd known was the Mets and he burst into tears on the field. Right. And I was sort of 15 rows back from the Mets um, dugout at the time. And you could hear all the things that people were saying to him, saying, you've been traded, you're going, um, it's all just pending physicals. And he burst into tears on the field and ended up getting taken out of the game because he couldn't hold himself together. And um, sort of two days later, he hit a um, a home run and he was like grabbing his shirt, going, Mets, this is all for you, going, this is all for the fans and got multiple standing ovations. And it was like, he just had to keep coming out of the dugout to to greet the fans and he ended up staying with the Mets. Okay. So what, what was the atmosphere, if you were hearing that, what was the atmosphere around you? What were what were people saying? Um, they were just saying, look, it's all over Twitter. You've been traded. Um, all the beat reporters are saying, you've been traded, you're gone. And he was like, what? I don't understand. Because it was right on trade deadline. And it, it was he was like, no, I can't be gone. No, no. And then he um, ended up on base and there's um, a picture that's famous for Mets fans of him stood on second base, like wiping his eyes with his shirt and just trying to hold it together. And he didn't bless him. Hmm. Is that a direct quote as well from your league of... Um a league of their own as well, no crying. Yeah, that that's what the uh, media sort of picked up and said yeah. that there's there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> and as a Mets fan, just the passion and love that he showed for the team and for the fans just gave gave me goosebumps. And I'll tell you what, that quote as as amazing, you know, I love that film and uh, and as um, iconic a quote as that is. Um, I feel like that does kind of um, feed into like what we were talking about earlier with like what can people do um, to to maybe like and what words can change to and what what words matter because it's a very very um, we tell men obviously to um, I say obviously because it's a very it's a hot topic of mental health at the moment isn't it to yeah. um, men don't cry men, men don't, don't show cry. emotion. Yeah. Exactly. And we, we tell men to man up and men don't cry. And um, so there's no crying in baseball. And therefore, so there's no women in baseball then. Because tell, I tell you what, daily crier over it. <laughs> yes, especially during lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know a baseball game where I haven't, you know, that I've played personally, um, where I haven't at least been close to shedding a tear. Um, I just... Um, I think that's one of those things that's like, it's a great quote, but can we not misuse it? Because it, it it's quite toxic. Yeah. yeah. A toxic masculinity piece. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Just sounds uh, good. No, sorry. No, I think it was a really good point as well. And it kind of plays into that words thing. I think about that a lot in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and obviously the recent Rugby Calcutta Cup brought that into kind of sharp focus as well, but in a kind of ongoing and far from finished kind of journey for racial equality 
stopping using certain words, making it clear that certain certain words and saying certain phrases was totally unacceptable, did actually make a significant difference. So I, I do think the language round about the kind of masculinity in baseball could be tempered a bit as well, and that could be a real step forward. Did you watch Six Nations just out of interest? Did you notice the female oh, yes. TMO? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and apparently she's like one of the best in the business as a ref as well. So, and someone educated me that about that on Twitter, and it's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. And that's one of the things that I love about our podcast and the people that we follow. They're they're happy to talk to us and say, well, did you know this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this article? Um, there's yeah, the and we glory. love being educated. Like we say, we love educating ourselves about things like this. So we're always, always happy to receive things like, oh, it did, yeah, yeah, like Tracy said, you know, people saying well, in this article. And... Can I give you one? Go for, Go it. for it. You may, we've not spoken about this, you know, the four, uh, the four of us, we've got, you know, obviously our own me chat group and stuff. And this is one that I've not posted yet, we've not discussed. So, Richard, feel free to pause the recording. <laughs> Um, total faith in you, honestly. <laughs> uh, and Tracy and Molly, you may have came across it in the last few days. It is a Scottish football story. Uh, and what we try to do is we do try to, although this podcast primarily is around baseball, we try to bring things back to Scottish football, which was our first love. Um, mm-hmm. um, and at the moment, the, the Scottish women's national team manager, Shelley Kerr, who was pretty successful, she left the role not too long ago. Um, after failing to qualify for the Euros. And um, I, I don't know if you noticed recently, but a, an interim manager has been put in place. And I was really quite interested. And I thought at first, that's a strange appointment. Um, so it was a gentleman by the name of Stuart McLaren. So again, I don't expect this to mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. Stuart, Stuart McLaren, as high as he managed in Scotland, was my local team. Uh, Sterling Albion, who are at the lowest tier of professional football in the game. Alan okay. Blackman, because <laughs> Most it's... of the low. Yeah, really, really are. Not very good. Yeah, I'm just remembering my last pre-lockdown game, which was a an eight-goal filler, but Albion got one of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shared eight goals, Alan. <laughs> um, but Stuart wasn't a particularly... It was his only managerial stint in Scottish football. Um, and I think he had a lot of fresh ideas. He's an Aussie guy um, and he had a lot of fresh ideas that didn't really work out for mm-hmm. Sterling. Um, but he managed to find his way into the SFA, the, the Scottish Football Association um, hierarchy in some sort of way. And up until recently, he was a Scottish under-16s manager. So he has been appointed as the interim mm-hmm. Scottish women's you know, the full national team. So the first team. Yeah, and you yeah. think to yourself, what about all the women managing the under-21 <laughs> team, the under-18s, under-17s, that perhaps know these women better? What about, um, the, I think there's a fair few Scottish um, female managers in the in the Scottish women's league structure. Mm-hmm. Why was this opportunity, and it's not a permanent appointment by any means, it's, a, it's an interim, why was that appointment given to someone completely out with the structure from the men's game. I just kept thinking, if this was the other way about, would the Scottish women's under-16s team female manager be appointed the Scottish men's national team manager? No. I don't, I don't think so, yeah. I don't think they would. And 
it I would like to think that they've spoken to the other women and they've been not available for one reason or the other but I very much doubt that that's the mm. case and if under 16's national side is the highest that he's managed at a national level why the hell didn't they pick one of the women yeah, yeah. It, and it, we've talked about it before haven't we we've talked about the fact that um surely uh you would like to think that there were cvs that passed that, that you know the, the decision maker's desk um and we would like for for them to have been considered on the, the fact that they had what was got the qualifications you know they had um the the experience the knowledge the qualifications and Trust me, Molly, bear in mind I know his experience and I want Scotland to do well. I don't want him appointed either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean. You'd like to think that maybe they would just look at the CV as a CV and not um, the CV as, um, oh, that's a nice CV. Oh, no, women's name. So do you know what I mean? Like that's, The best and that, person for the job. Exactly. That might not be the best man for the job. Exactly. It's, it's an interest. I wasn't aware of the story, Dave, um, because it's interesting because I, Phil Neville, when he managed the England team, mm-hmm. what what he did as a positive was the profile he brought to the game, I would have thought was a positive. Mm-hmm. Is, is that controversial opinion or not? Um, I would say not because, as I've said, he's used like his power for good, if you like. Mm-hmm. He's turned a positive slant onto what may have been ignored by the media because he is a media personality as well as being a manager. And he has family that are media personalities and they will talk about it. And as long as they're talking about it for the right reasons and that the person is good at their job, does it matter what gender they are? Yeah. And I suppose brought his, um, give his sister, whether that's a good thing or not, it's, Obviously, uh, netball then got more profile as well, and that you had the brother and sister managing two of the national teams. Yeah, and um, I think netball is being picked up by Sky Sports because of it as well. Hmm. And there's going to be a netball channel, okay. which um, two, three years ago, who yeah. would have thought that would happen? Yeah, yeah. On the subject of sports channels, what do you guys make of MLB TV and the kind of coverage we can get through that? Please, uh, please, please stop the f- flashbacks. That's, that's all I have to say about MLB TV. That's all I have to say about MLB TV is please, I swear to God, if I hear that jingle one time this season, I'm going to throw my TV out the window. <laughs> no, don't what do that. What a night for visual. What a night for visual. Oh, every. Yeah. It's number 100 for number 99. Yes, judge can hit home runs. Leave it alone. I know that I think some of the guys don't watch the games live, so they might not experience it. But basically, every time there's a break in America, we get these. It's it's, it's not as if there's a thousand clips to choose from. They've only picked about five or six, which are yeah. constantly repeated. It's, oh, it's yes, that we can quote word for word. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's like jingle. As soon as it goes, dun, 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 dun. <sighs> you, you, I've been on video calls while Molly's 
this and she's like the rage the the pure rage and I tell you what um my boyfriend um before he met me didn't have MLB TV he does now (laughs) yeah he obviously through me does um and he was he like the first time we watched it together he was like why are you muting the ad breaks like what and I was like do you want to do you want to find out why I'm muting the ad breaks? Um, I let him have a couple of ad breaks listening to it. And then um, before long, he turned around to me and was like, oh my God, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's just so irritating. Yeah. I've, been an, ML- I've been an MLB TV subscriber for, oh, uh, seven-ish years since it first became available in the UK. And it fantastic. Love it. I love that I can rewatch games at a time that's not three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and that I can hide the scores so there's no spoilers. But I think it could do better as well. Um, There are like the US talk shows that revolve around baseball that we don't get over here that they get in the States. There is a good show, if but you have to know about it and that's Caps Off which yes. is produced by our friend Ben. Hi, Ben. Yeah. Love you, Ben. <laughs> um, that's an ESPN programme um, with a Scottish guy sure, and, yeah. a, and an American guy. And, um, and I really like that, and that's, that's good. But there could be more, and there could be more made for our audience as well. Funnily enough, I asked, I actually asked um, the other day when the Super Bowl was on, I asked on my Twitter, um, do you think, uh, seeing as they're they're showing the um, Super Bowl, um, when do we think the ML, like the um, World Series will be shown um, on on the BBC? And uh, let me get the poll results. Um, I put the options were 2021 or 22. which only got 4% of the vote in the next five years, got 23% of the vote and never got 73% of the vote, which is such a shame. It's such a shame because I'd love to see like the BBC showing the world series over MLB TV. Um, Go old school, go channel five. (laughs) MLB TV is great, but I would love to see it on an English channel. Yeah. Or even a British channel. Yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. What's Didn't the Channel 5 boys get dressed up in dinner jackets for the World Series, if I remember rightly? Yes, and uh, they've got a podcast themselves, the Johnny and Josh show, which is quite funny yeah. if you ever listen that to that. He's, yeah, he's yeah. good. We'll have to look at our cravats for when the World Series comes on next week then. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We look forward to seeing you all looking rather dapper yeah. for, for the occasion. Yeah. We'll get our kilts on. <laughs> well, there you go. Who needs a touch when you've got kilts? Yeah. So we're, we're really proud and lucky to be able to bring this podcast on International Women's Day. Looking a year ahead, a year from today, what change would you like to see, Molly and Tracy, in, in the year to come before we celebrate the next International Women's Day? Um, I'd like to see more um, females in MLB taking positions on field, um, you know, just like first base coaches, third base coaches, um, you know, that. and that there has been quite a few appointments um, in this off season. Um, the MLB haven't done a great job of marketing them, but 
that's because they don't do a great job of marketing in my my humble opinion um but um yeah I think just just seeing more faith like on a regular game um seeing more faces and and it becoming one of those things um like we we said about with the football um of oh look there's a woman on the field and you're only realizing halfway through the game it, it shouldn't be news um they should just be there if they're qualified and Tracy um 100% agree with Moles um I'd love to be in a position where basically we're out of the job because the women being present is not a matter for news it's just a day-to-day thing and and I'm sure we'd still celebrate it and cheerlead for them all the way but I would love to get to a point where I'm not surprised that that on the Six Nations that there's a female TMO and it's like, hold on, that's a woman's voice. That shouldn't be happening even to a woman who considers herself somewhat educated on women in sports. Why why does that thing come as a surprise to me? But don't worry, we'll never be out of a job because we can chat for England as we've already (laughs) by this hour long. uh, Or we can we can chat for Scotland as well. We can get exactly. our own Calcutta Cup or World Series lined up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's an idea. Yeah. Well, we'd certainly recommend all of our listeners. The first thing you do is make sure that you listen to Birds for Balls because it's a fantastic podcast, and it just happens to be a fantastic podcast put together by three women: Molly, Tracy, and Joe. Guys, how can how can listeners of the Highland Bill Pen? catch up with you how can they keep in touch how can they make sure that they get all the best out of the birds or balls we've currently got a um we've got twitter we've got facebook we've got instagram we've got all of the regular ways of listening to us wherever you get your podcasts and um over on our twitter at the moment we have also got a giveaway so once we reach 300 followers we will be giving away a really really comfy bristol baseball hoodie um and so yeah keep an eye on our twitter and click the link there yeah just just search for birds with balls and <laughs> maybe not go to images search but <laughs> well we've checked we've checked it's safe it's fine it's just yeah, it, yeah it's in, just... in the uk it's fine Mo. we've not checked abroad <laughs> good point good point <laughs> if you search in the uk you just find pictures of birds on bird feeders <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's <just> fine <laughs> but who knows what you'll find if you're searching abroad but if you put like birds with balls into twitter instagram facebook you'll find us um and um we are on all the podcast providers i've done lots of work making sure we are on all the podcast providers but if you just search birds with balls wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find us on there hey thanks for joining us on the highland bullpen We're also featuring on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for the Highland Bullpen. On Twitter, our handle is at H-B-U-L-L-P-E-N, at H-Bullpen. At Instagram, it's Highland underscore Bullpen. And Facebook is quite simply the Highland Bullpen. We've also got our email address, highlandbullpen at gmail.com. We really appreciate those of you who've got in touch, asking questions. We are here to learn ourselves and we're here to help you guys learn as well. So feel free to contact us and follow us on any of those channels. Thank you.
Thanks for that, Alan. And just one final reminder to also follow Birds With Balls. It's a fantastic podcast, and as you've heard from Joe and from Molly, they know their baseball. On behalf of both Daves, on behalf of Alan, and always on behalf of Hamish, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in the Highland Bullpen. 